Welcome back to Zombie Squad Cast, and today I have Katie Griffin of Katie Griffin Casting on the on the episode, and uh, welcome, Katie. Well, thanks for having me, Glenn. And uh, yeah, so Katie booked me on on a, on a few gigs. One most recently that stands out was the Frederick Health PSA, I believe. That's right. Yeah, right. in January. Yeah. In mm-hmm. January, yeah. So that was right when the hammer was starting to fall on this quarantine. So. Welcome to show. Welcome to the show, Katie. Katie's a casting director, and if, uh, if you don't mind, Katie, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do and and how you've been. Sure. Well, again, my name's Katie. Um, I'm a casting director, and I cast television, uh, film, commercials, uh, music videos, radio ads, uh, corporate videos, print campaigns, and live events. And um, I've been working in casting for about 20 years. Um, I got my start as a child actor. Um, you know, as a kid, I thought I could be on Broadway. And I studied musical theater at a conservatory in uh, Miami. And then I worked for a casting director on South Beach. Um, and I, I just fell in love with casting. And um, then I moved to New York and then I found my way into reality television casting. Um, and then I found my way into commercial casting and music video casting. And that's when I decided to open uh, Katie Griffin Casting. Um, and I was casting children's television. Uh, then I continued uh, building my client base and I was adding print campaigns and corporate videos and VO casting to my, um, to my list of services. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's quite a, quite a resume, quite a, quite a, a business you have there. So that's, that's amazing. So I'm sure you're in the same boat with myself and a lot of other actors, gig workers, mm-hmm. artists, freelancers right now. How would you say, uh, how would you say, starting off professionally, how would you say you're, you've been impacted these, this last month and a half, two months? Sure. Um, well, production has taken a devastating hit. Um, I had three video shoots that I was in the middle of casting. Those have since been placed on hold until further notice. I'm not sure if they're coming back. Um, I certainly hope that they are. Um, But ever since, I've been casting voiceovers, um, Mm. and that's been for about two and a half weeks. Um, And then there's a project in the works uh, that that talent will be filming themselves via camera phones and webcams, and then the footage will be cut into a commercial. But yeah, aside from that, I've just used this time to connect with actors and the creative community. And um, I'm now offering talent free 10 minute virtual sessions with me. Uh And I'm giving them feedback on their monologues, uh, commercial copy, and I'm also offering input on their headshots and resumes. Um, Yeah, so I'm, I'm basically just trying to empower them to empower themselves. So, you know, when we get out there again, whenever Mm -hmm. that is, they will be stronger and better actors than they were prior to having gone into quarantine. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I've been saying that quite a bit on the show and, and with a lot of other colleagues, actors, filmmakers is this is now the time to really double up on a lot of homework or side work or kind of retooling you know your what what you have that you're working with retooling or or rehacking um whatever structure that you you, you're used to working with and so Mm -hmm. and to to find a way to uh stay productive stay active stay in touch with everybody that you've worked with before so like you said once those floodgates open and we're all allowed out then it's like hey look you've got twice as many skills that we did on Zoom or Hangouts or, or whatever, you know, uh, webcasting, <clears throat> video chatting. And, you know, there, there, there's a lot of potential because even before the quarantine, there was, a, there was a whole lot of voiceover work. I never really jumped on that training and really focused on that as an opportunity, but I did do a little bit here and there so that I am somewhat familiar with it so that now if someone like yourself or other people said hey do you do voiceover work I'd like to you know do some test runs trial runs maybe give you some pointers you can do some auditions you can do some test readings so on and so forth and maybe build that into something while because that would be the most opportune kind of acting work right now is obviously because we're trapped in the house but you know like I've been saying numerous times on the, on my podcast that 
now is the time all those little things that we procrastinated on it's time to knock those things out so that Mm -hmm. so that we're not inundated with a bunch of errands and chores when we want to go when we can when we can finally go out and enjoy the sunshine we can go out and enjoy the sunshine almost even take a a one-month vacation instead of like, oh, well, I still have all this stuff on my plate because I didn't take advantage of two and a half months of doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's what I've been telling talent. I've, you know, continued to tell them, own this time. Mm -hmm. Don't let this time own you. If it's, if it's time that's used for, let's say, like self-reflection or self-improvement, um, mm-hmm. maybe level setting or pivoting in your career, or even using the time to be of service to others, use the time wisely so then you can come out of the quarantine a stronger, more grounded person. If you're an actor, your skills are going to be really tight by the time, like you said, those floodgates do open. And like I said, you're going to be stronger when we get out there than prior to all of this. Mm -hmm. So definitely own this time. Don't sit and wallow in, you know, the sorrows, what coulda, shoulda, woulda. Just do it right now. Mm -hmm. And if that means you, you know, maybe there's a script that you had an idea of writing. Well, now's the time to write that script. Absolutely. Or if you had... um, you know, you always dreamed of the possibility of, of having a voiceover career. Now's the time to uh, record uh, a VO demo. Um, you know, be creative every day. Use this opportunity to just keep strengthening your skills. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I have a number of projects that, you know, luckily I banged out some really simple uh shoots production is a very simple production but uh it's um it's a it's a it's a super villain show that's that's produced in the vein of those crime shows on id so Mm -hmm. we found a hack we found a slick little hack of making um a dc dc supervillain product but very, very cheaply, very simply, still looks great. It's still entertaining. It's also like these, you know, simple origin stories, but they're done in a more creative way. But it's not as expensive as saying doing a, a Man of Steel or a Batman v Superman or those type of movies, you know, sure. or, or an Avengers movie. So we found this unique way of making it like those crime shows in ID. And that's what I've been editing. Um, we, did, we, we, did two, we, did two, we did two seasons a year ago. And then we shot um, the second seasons for the DC brand and the Marvel brand about three months ago, uh, maybe December, January. And then I was kind of taking my time because I was still out, you know, working crew on something or acting in something or, or live streaming something. So I was still out working, you know, five, six mm-hmm. days a week, gigging, gigging it full time. But once this thing happened, I said, all right, I'm just going to edit this and then play with the kid, edit this, feed the kid, edit this you know, take care of the kid. And, and, and that's what I'm doing is like all my, all my free time, the wife will hang out and, and watch some of the projects. The wife might be watching, watching TV. She might have the kids. So I'll come down. And of course we have time to spend with each other, quality family time. But as opposed to going to work nine to five, I decided I'm going to produce a podcast talk about the situation that we're all going into and also editing and writing and doing all the post-production on my projects so that once those floodgates open, I have product to put out there and say, Hey, investors, possible investors, here's a pitch to you. This is what I did in the last three months, took advantage of that downtime. Maybe we can do the third or fourth seasons much bigger budgeted. You can see what I can pull off during the quarantine on, on a nickel and dime budget and, and that sort of thing. And that's, what I've been trying to talk to a lot of colleagues and a lot of fellow artists and producers, that this is the time. Yeah. I mean, you're actually giving me inspiration to get started on a pet project. We'll actually complete a pet project that I've been working on. I've had it in the work works for about three years now. And it's a podcast that I, I have created and, you know, being a casting director, um, you know, there's, there's no coincidence why and how I fell into casting, but I will say that putting myself out there like you actors do, um, 
you know, I don't have, there's like something you guys have that I don't, and maybe it's that courage switch, but I need to turn that courage switch on. Um, because as I'm expressing to you, you know, own this time, I have to actually also take my own advice and own it. Um, and turn that courage switch on. Um, yeah, I, I should probably uh, complete the podcast and just put it out there. So I give you a ton of credit for just putting your podcast out there and um, being a disciplined actor. I don't know about disciplined actor, but, <laughs> but I th- for me, I'll, I'll admit, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a much, uh, a maybe, maybe, I'm not trying to, you know, fluff my own feathers here or toot my own horn, but I'm, I'm a little bit of a different um, case because uh, I, I went to Taos and graduated at 04 with a bachelor's in film and TV production. So I always trained in direct writing, directing, producing, editing, shooting, that sort of deal. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to go in the National Guard. So, so the, national, the, the Army, the military, the National Guard, I was very self-conscious about being in front of the camera for the for the maybe the first 10, 15 years that I was doing crew work, production work. Someone say, hey, can you jump in there? I'm like, I really didn't want to. You know, I was very self-conscious. Maybe, maybe I felt I was a little overweight. There was there was there was years where I was a, a bit overweight and, and I, w- I wasn't comfortable in my body, I wasn't comfortable in my look. I was still, you know, when the camera was off, kind of in private, I was very sociable. But when the camera's on, I just really didn't want to be like the star. I didn't want to be recorded i didn't want that on record i guess you sure. could say mm-hmm. uh so that you know i was always straight someone would look at it and point at it but the military knocked that right out the park <laughs> and so and so the second someone said dude they ha- they're shooting all these crime shows when you come back from your deployment they're shooting all these crime shows in dc uh all these id crime shows and someone was sending me a couple of links a couple of behind the scenes pics on facebook i said all right i'm, I, I'm gonna jump all over this because by that time very self-confident, much better fit, uh, maybe not as fit as fit now, but still the self-confidence is, is there where I'm just comfortable now. It might be this, you know, sort of eidetic memory where if I could see someone doing something, I can kind of figure out how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I might not do it as well, but I can just see, I can, you know, other podcasters, other shows I've seen, like maybe Adam Carolla and Joe Rogan, and uh, uh, um, and what culture they do these different podcasts, and I see how they do it, you know, what they discuss, what they're into, and I figure I'm not into what they're, I'm not into their subject matter, but I can see how they're doing as a trained actor, as a trained filmmaker, you know, just as someone that will can can shoot the shit on the phone, talking to you just on the phone, mm-hmm. I figure I can if you're comfortable enough to do that, but on a podcast, I am, we can make a podcast episode out of it. We can make, you know, maybe a reality show or, or a TV show of, of, of us just sitting around, you know, talking. Yeah. And that's really essentially what the, of course, I'm familiar with you. I mean, you gotta, you, you, I've worked with you or one way or another, I've collaborated with you, but you know, the Joe Rogans or the Adam Carollas have guests on other big celebrities. They might've never met before they had on the show. They might do a little research. I'm starting off with people I've already worked with. I'm already familiar with. Hey, Katie Griffin casted me on this PSA. That's how we're connected. We talked a little bit through email. We talked a little bit on the phone before the show. And that's how we kind of like get familiar with each other. And then go Mm -hmm. into it. I'm sure, you know, the bigger podcasters might do a little bit of research, study up on somebody. But like I said, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know when the switch just switched, but I'm, I'm assuming it was in the military that where just having gone through basic and and MP school and one Mm -hmm. deployment and having people in your face and you, and, and, you know, like right now I'm kind of stuttering and stuck on words. They kicked that out of me right away back then. And Mm. So it, 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 you figure out a way to get more confident, get more smooth, you know, get more suave a little bit, I guess, maybe. And as far as me as an actor, I've taken a couple of points, you know, maybe so, saw a few episodes of Inside the Actor's Studio or, or just heard some interviews with actors. I never really took any acting courses except for the, the U.S. Army and the mm-hmm. National Guard. 
But my main three points as far as an actor goes is remember your lines, connect with the character, and being, be comfortable in front of the camera. And so mm-hmm. for me, that's the only three things I have to do. So nine, nine out of 10 times, I'm usually playing a cop or a detective or a military role, but a lot of times I might play a stepfather. Well, how can I relate? Well, how can I connect to that, ca- that character? Well, I, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, 10, or, 10 or 15 years ago, long, way before my wife, I dated, I dated a lady with a kid, hung out with a kid a couple of times. That was kind of awkward. I guess it'd be kind of awkward being a stepdad. Put that into the character. Remember the lines, be comfortable in front of the character. Um, there was, a, there was, a, there was a, a role I played, an Islamic, Islamophobic bouncer at a club. So how do I connect to the character? Well, I remember there was this one douchebag in my unit <laughs> years, years ago uh, when I was deployed. He had some issues with us being in Kuwait and, and, the, and people around him, you know, non, non-U.S. personnel. I just remember the way he tried to maybe can't really tap into the way he thinks, but I remember how he acted. I remember how he he would talk all this trash, connect with that. Remember the lines, be comfortable in front of the camera. And that's really it. I can't really, there, there, there might be a lot of characters I can't connect with. So I'll be honest. And it's not out of fear that it might be a little bit out of fear. It's, it's fear of like messing up the show, messing up the, the film, messing up the scene. But, I'm not going to do the show or the, or, the, or the gig disservice by trying to take on a role I really, that I honestly don't think I can connect to when I've said it time and time again, I would prefer to get typecast as a cop, as a detective, and do that role like, like Richard Belsner did with SVU as, as Detective Munch for 25, yeah. for, played the same character for 25 years. And clearly he was content with that because he had that role and that's kind of my more simpler thing because maybe I have an unfair advantage or maybe I have enough skill sets to where I'm safe on both the crew and the cast side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with, you know, whoever taught you or told you those three, um, the, the adages, remember your lines, connect to the character and be comfortable in front of camera. Those are, you know, those are, um, you know, what I'm teaching talent and reminding talent when they come into audition for me. Um, always come in with your lines memorized, whether you got them the night before, you got them the morning, or you got them there. If you arrive early enough, you'll be able to have time to memorize them um, at the audition, if that's the case. And so that that takes out, you know, let's say, uh, hurdle number one. Now, connecting to the character, you did make a good point where you had said that you um, you pull from personal experiences or someone in your life reminds you of a character that maybe you'd be uh, auditioning for or or portraying. Mm-hmm. Um, always ground your performance in reality and make sure that um, that you are staying honest and true within that role. Yeah. Whether you are. Uh, an Islamophobe or not, or it's someone who you had known, stay as true as you can to that character. So then you can stay in character and you can be more believable. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, comfort in front of camera. Again, like I had said before, I need to practice what I preach. Uh, The comfort in front of camera is something that I personally never got, but I'm always willing to, um, you know, try to empower another actor who may be having issues with being comfortable in front of camera. Mm-hmm. When you go into an audition, you should walk in as if we're all friends, we know each other. Whether you know me or not, please know that I'm on your side. I want you to do your very best work so then you can get cast. I'm not against you, I'm for you. And if you can keep that in mind when you go into a casting, that actually takes a lot of pressure off of, um, it takes pressure away from your performance. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, it allows you to focus on your performance and not the nerves or, you know, what is whatever surrounding, um, you know, what is going on in your head, anxiety, you know, whatever. 
that can go. And um, then it allows for you to shine. And then additionally, if you do come in with nerves, um, maybe if you're paper shaking or whatnot, mm -hmm. if you have an ability to just say in that moment, you can do this, just like breathe in, say to yourself, I can do this, breathe out all the BS, and then just give us your best delivery. Um, we want you to get it. We're not against you. Um, but yeah, I, I really agree with whoever taught you those, those three, uh, you know, acting adages. They're great. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. as far as memorizing lines, I think it was something maybe Jeremy Irons or Peter O'Toole said it was, it was older. It was one of the older Brits is either John Hurt, Peter O'Toole or Jeremy Irons that, that said something real simple. Like, I just if you know your lines you know your character something along those lines mm -hmm. you know, um if you if you know your lines you know your character mm -hmm. and then you and, and if you know your if you know your lines and you know other people's lines and you're really familiar with the script that's where studying comes from is the script the script the script mm -hmm. you're able to maybe improv and kind of do like some little extra adages that will help because you're familiar with the past present and future of this of this thing and and so like people people think people think oh we'll just ad lib mm -hmm. it's like, it might not it might not work it might not it, it might not work for the next scene you sure and but if you if but but if someone knows the script through and through they then they might because we're ad libbing now because we know our past and our present and we have a plan for our future so as a as 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 us two on this podcast, we're ad libbing now. If someone were to play Batman and Superman, and they had a script, and they just start ad libbing, they might say stuff that doesn't make sense for the next three scenes. So that's got to get cut out. Mm -hmm. But if they know this, if they know that scene, they know the whole script through and through. What had ha what had ha what has happened to Batman and Superman? What is happening, and what will happen? <clears throat> You know, uh, uh, Ben Affleck might just slip in this sly little joke that wasn't scripted, but works down uh, down the road in the script, or it kind of points, pokes fun at something that Superman did, you know, previously or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so, I've been on a number of productions, you know, AD'd or or was a was a was an associate producer or producer or shot something. And people wanted to ad lib stuff, and later on the director cut it out. And 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 at first, you know, I thought, man, that stuff was so funny, but it probably didn't make sense to the characters or the story. So, sure. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big believer of script analysis. Um, in my acting training, uh, we did a ton of script analysis. And sure, as a young actor, I hated doing it because it was so much work. Mm -hmm. But the more work you put into the script and the more you kind of broke a script down and you did character development and you knew your lines and your character's line or your um, scene partner's lines, mm -hmm. um, you knew your relationship and how long the relationship was between you and your scene partner, it makes for a better scene and it makes for better acting. Um, and even with commercial copy, I am a, uh, I, I'm a proponent of script analysis with commercial copy. Oftentimes, commercial copy, uh, you usually get no context when you're given one or two lines right. uh, uh, for the sides when you go into audition. You don't know what was said to you prior to uh, your lines, you just know, I need to sell this product, I need to deliver these lines and sell this product. I tell talent, break commercial copy down like it. you are breaking down, um, treat it like a dramatic monologue. Mm -hmm. Know what was said to you the second before or know what happened immediately preceding your lines. So when you deliver that first line, it's honest, it's real, it, it feels, natural um and additionally make sure your commercial copy and this is with any copy that you're delivering on camera it needs to be conversational you need to imagine that yeah if you're being cast um you know to sell a product 
yeah, you need to sell that product to someone in middle America who's sitting on their couch tuning into your commercial. But as the actor, you need to have, you know, a real tight connection with whoever your scene partner is. So you got to break it down to like the bare bones. Mm -hmm. If it's your wife, if it's your, if it's your best friend, if it's a neighbor, you have to envision one person that you're speaking to. So the script can be grounded in reality. And so you are able to influence and persuade your scene partner who ultimately is that person who's sitting on their couch in middle America watching you and saying, Oh wow, that looks delicious. I have to try that. Or, Oh wow. You know, that product sounds really good. Mm. Let me go look that up online and buy it. So, you know, as a commercial actor, you do wear two hats. You have to wear the actor hat where you're giving a, you know, a natural performance or, you know, a convincing performance. But then as uh, you got to take that hat off and put on your salesperson hat or your sales pitch hat, and you have to sell that product to or that service to the consumer who's turned, you know, on the television and watched your commercial. So it's, it's, you know, a lot of people think acting is so easy. It's actually not easy. It, uh, there's so many layers and nuances to acting that makes it such like a beautiful craft that, um, yeah, I'm just, I feel honored and privileged to hire talent. I love acting. I love casting. I love what I do and I love working with actors and I particularly love working with actors who also love what they do and they are willing to take direction and they do take direction and just to see them grow um, with every audition or over the years uh, with whatever projects they're cast in, it's, it makes me feel as if I was part of their journey. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Acting is not as easy as people think it is. And you have some gifted people out there. It might just come very easily to them on camera. Sure. Um, and then there's people, you, I know there's been a few interviews where Johnny Depp and Bill Murray, they don't like to watch themselves. They, they don't really watch their own movies. They're very uncomfortable watching themselves, but they put a lot of effort in and uh and study and a lot of effort and prep and training into their craft but they just don't want to watch the end result maybe because they're over it they're done they're really uncomfortable watching them on screen and i've heard you know a couple of interviews or something like that about those particular actors and then you have guys like the rock that i'm sure the rock is so dwayne the rock johnson is so comfortable and so easy going and, and just it just comes naturally to him to be in front of the camera at the same time, for the most part, he, he plays the same character. But just being that uh, on-screen presence just comes naturally to him. Um, the, there, was a, there was a feature film I was a second AD on about two years ago where I had, I had already had maybe two, three, four years experience acting professionally, but I booked, a, I booked a gig as a second AD. So I'm sure you're well aware some gigs the actor might be there making a ton of money he might only be on set three four hours of the day but mm -hmm. the crew's there for the whole 10 to 12 hours daily mm -hmm. and it was just a nice change of pace for me where i was on set for 12 maybe 14 hours and i would t i would kind of maybe give some pointers maybe give some supplementary direction to actors to day players to extras um dealing with some of the leads dealing with some of the supporting um helping here helping there but it was um wow i'm i'm kind of relieved that i'm just a crew member now hmm. I'm, I'm behind the camera <laughs> i'm doing i'm doing the same thing instead of like trying to trying to change character or trying to like do this scene different and then and then if we're shooting if we're shooting if if we're shooting out of continuity then it's the actor has to go back and be happy again and then go back and be sad again and for me, it's just like checking boxes. Okay, shot three's done. Shot four's mm -hmm. done. Shot five's done. Continuity's good. Continuity's good. Continuity's good. Quiet on the set. Quiet on the set. All right, back to one, back to one, back to one. I was actually somewhat relieved. Working longer days, you know, at the same time, when I'm, if I get an acting gig, it's what motivates me is it might be a short day, a lot of money, really fun experience, cool role. And 
there is a bit of an ego boost. You know, actors are kind of treated like royalty. They get a special little room. They get nice little hors d'oeuvres and stuff and like the, the, the crafty and, and they can sit around and relax. And then when it's time to shoot, they're on set only to shoot and then send back to holding. And that's kind of like a nice change of pace too, where you're kind of treated a little bit like royalty. <laughs> and, so, and so when it comes to that, like that's an extra incentive to put in that extra work and put in that extra passion, put, put in that extra uh, studying of the role of the script, that the extra analysis of the script and, and, and the character. Mm-hmm. And, and to get that little bit of an ego boost, of course, you don't want to let it get to your head. But um, for me, I mean, generally for me, just being on set with this cast or crew, being on set is, you know, my life's goal. It's what I love to make. It's, love, it's how I love to make money because it's just, generally, it's just a credit to myself. It's an accomplishment knowing I made it in the industry doing what I love. I'm not making a billion dollars, but I'm, I'm making a living out of it. And, it's, sure. and I love doing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's, it's something about it. I don't know if it's maybe you got bit by the acting bug or I don't know what it is, but I, I love being on set. I also have, uh, I come from a production background as well. Um, there were multiple years uh, when I uh, was working in reality television where I kind of did a pivot and thought, well, maybe I don't want to just do casting anymore. Maybe I want to produce. Maybe you know, I want to be an executive producer. And um, I had the opportunity to travel the world um, for quite a few series. Um, It was quite a few wedding shows I worked on for a number of years. And yeah, finding those characters, I was able to use the skill set that I had had and learned in, you know, college and, um, through my acting training and through working for casting directors. And then I was able to um, translate or transfer those skills to reality. And I worked in uh, reality and finding really interesting characters that pop on screen, but then um, being able to produce them uh, for, let's say, four to six weeks uh, on, a, on an episode. Um, really fascinating, interesting stuff. And I learned a lot. I think I really cut my teeth in production while working in reality. And now here I am, I, I'm, I can easily flip between the two. I have enough experience between the two that I feel comfortable and confident speaking about production and speaking about casting. I don't often speak about production that much, but I am actually a member of Producers Guild. And um, it's, it's really tough to, uh, to gain entry into the guild. Mm-hmm. And I've been a member for 10 years now. And um, yeah, I just, I enjoy production as much as I enjoy casting. Um, but yeah, there's something about production, just being on the set, feeling, it's as if you feel um, invigorated or it feels like electric. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you know, creating something, everybody's in, everybody is in symbiosis, you know, mm-hmm. creating, you know, creating something. Um, that doesn't exist. I mean, or, or might exist or did exist. You know, if you're doing a, if you're doing a biopic or if you're doing something or if you're doing reality or you're doing historical, you know, but creating something and everyone's kind of in symbiosis, just creating this, creating this thing together. Yeah. That is definitely, yeah. it's definitely electric. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, well, I did just want to uh, quickly chat about, you know, just using this time to, to build your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of actors don't really understand um, the word brand or branding when it comes to acting. They say, well, you know, I'm passionate and I'm talented. Why should I have to worry about my branding? Like, what exactly does that have to do with me? I'm yeah. not a product, but in fact, you actually are. Mm-hmm. A brand is how an industry perceives you. And no matter how talented or passionate about acting you are, um, your brand is what will make you. And it'll 
you know, it's how others in our industry will see you and want to work with you, cast you. So if it means going through your resume and fine tuning it or um, making sure it's updated, whether, you know, might not have been clear or concise according to the industry standards, like taking this time now to do that. Also, if your uh, website is outdated, now's the time to be updating your website with your most current photos or your resume or your reels. Um, also, have you updated your commercial reel or your VO demo reels? Mm -hmm. If not, use that time now to do that. And additionally, um, casting breakdown accounts. If you are on casting networks, LA Casting, Actors Access, Backstage, or anywhere else where you're featured with the most uh, you know, recent headshots, or anywhere where you're featured, make sure that your most recent headshots are there, your most re recent full-length shots are there, your credits are updated, your specs are updated, and your measurements are updated. Because we are in casting, we're still looking at those things because projects are still coming our way. And we need to make sure that talent still looks like themselves. Their headshots aren't outdated. Now more than ever, it's super important that everything that you have that's out there digitally is updated, is you know, as updated as today. Um, additionally, yeah. like your IMDB account, if you didn't have one, now's the time to create it and update your credits and your social media accounts. Like, are you creating content that's valuable to your followers? Um, make sure that's in line with your brand. Um, and then additionally, I would say cast, uh, sorry, tag casting directors, directors, agents, managers, anybody who you want to see you, now is the time to be tagging them in posts. Um, that, that increases your visibility for us. Because if you think about it, as a society right now, all we have while we are you know, locked in our homes is television to watch the news, computers to do work, and phones to consume social media. Mm -hmm. So it is your time to make sure that you have everything updated and that everybody sees you. Yeah. The, the, the big issue I had when I first broke into acting was, am I going to pay a hundred bucks a year for this site and a hundred bucks a year for that site and a hundred bucks a year for this site and a hundred bucks a year for that site. And what I know for right now is there are a lot of these sites are giving massively discounted deals right now mm -hmm. uh, to sign on because maybe there's way more people jumping on them. So now, they're probably getting an influx of subscribers. So they're able to make a deal. They know that now is the time to make the deal because now is the time when people are sitting at home prepping, prepping and prepping and prepping and prepping and updating and updating and polishing and polishing for that, for when the floodgates open. Um, so definitely you're absolutely right. Go back onto those sites, um, resubscribe and then polish the measure, uh, polish, Polish the breakdown, polish the actor's um, breakdown uh, stats. Uh, I forgot what you called it. Um, the, uh, it's casting networks, actors' well, access. When, when, you, when, you have your when you have your measurements and you have your hair colors. Your, your specs. Specs, thank you. Specs, yeah. specs, specs. Update your specs. Like, like you said, keep your measurements up to par. Maybe go out on the back porch with an iPhone or with a family member and, and shoot some just semi you know some amateur headshots just something to put a fresh look um of yourself up there and that that never hurts um but touching back on what you said about an actor having a brand i i couldn't agree with you more because uh for example i did this i did i did this regional i think it was the eastern regional toyota winter sales whole promotion thing where I was the male spokesperson. There was a female spokesperson. So, and I think it's usually for the streaming stuff. So the Hulu advertisements, the prime advertisements, uh, YouTube advertisements, but it's for the Eastern regional. And, you know, I'm playing a tech selling tires for the winter sale. And it's pretty much all the East coast regional uh, Toyota dealerships. And so, you know, a colleague of mine, you have to be careful about who criticizes you and why, because a lot of people want to criticize you to kind of bring you back down to your level. But 
uh, bring you back down to their level because they're not accomplishing anything. They want to kind of like, you know, chip you down a little bit. But his, my, colleagues, my colleague's criticism was, great, you did a commercial for Toyota. That's not your asset. That's their asset. And he's trying to give me advice on how to build a certain brand or a certain product that's my asset. And I said, bro, that commercial is my asset because it's my face in the commercial. It's my acting in the commercial. I got paid, you know, a chunk of money, however much it was, nobody's business. But my face is in this commercial. That commercial will get me other gigs and it will build my resume. It will build my acting career. So that commercial, that one gig is my asset. Sure. It is, it is, it is, it is an asset and it is a, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a building block into my brand as an actor. Sure. I think a lot of times talent don't actually take into consideration that clients are looking at social media accounts while we're in the process of casting because social media is such a huge, um, you know, game. uh, It's a player. Um, Talent, need to make sure that whatever they're putting out there on social media, a potential client um, will be looking at it. There have been a couple of projects where the client, you know, as we've narrowed it down um, to a select number of talent, when we go to submit, they'll say, by the way, tack on um, their, all of their social accounts, we'd like to take a look. And then they start, you know, running these programs that they're able to find anything that either uh, conflicts with their brand or isn't, isn't to their brand standards. And talent, they don't actually take that into consideration. So, you know, it's just like what you put out there is what people are gonna perceive of you. So if you've got something out there that's like super, you know, maybe one one extreme to another, um, maybe don't go after a particular role where it's on the other side because it's gonna be found. It's not as if it's going to be, you know, hidden or forgotten about or, you know, veiled in any way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's very important. Yeah, I, I agree. I've, I've been a bit careful with what I put on YouTube and I have a number of different web series and, and uh, you know, I've been dabbling in the podcast before. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a bit careful about what, you know, obviously, obviously I'm not going to put anything racist or sexist or misogynist or, or any kind of phobic out there, obviously not, and because I, because I am not, but it, it's it, but a lot of people might joke, might make jokes that they don't mean, but people could, could could take offense to it. And even trying to get a serious job like a nine to five, people do look because I kind of I, I pretty much assumed from day one that producers and casting agencies and casting directors and uh, the the producer of the of the brand, say Toyota or or Snickers or, you know, Hershey or whatever might be kind of looking into these actors and, and, and what might be depri- what could be uh, negative to their brand down the road if this commercial takes off and then it turns out, you know, uh, well, absolutely, because they're hiring you as a representative of their company. And if mm-hmm. there's anything that's either recent or in the past that conflicts with what their brand standards are, yeah. um, and in any possible way, it could turn off a, um, a customer mm-hmm. uh, or their fan base, then that automatically eliminates you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I guess we'll jump into another point. How would you say personally, if you don't mind, Personally, have you been impacted by this whole quarantine shut-in? Personally, I mean, I have, um, I've been doing quite well, actually. Um, You know, given the circumstances, I, I feel not as stressed as I, as I actually think I should be. Um, I've been in quarantine or locked in or whatever we'll call it. stay at home. Um, I have been in my house since March 20th and maybe the first week, 
um, because things may have felt a little out of my control. Um, yeah, I may have gotten into it on nextdoor.com with a neighbor or something, but you know, maybe the second or third week, um, it's like, it's kind of like the cycle of, uh, of grief. I accepted it. It's like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm doing this. I, I can be okay. Yeah. Um, but like I said, what has actually really helped me is um, this program that I've created where I've um, just been offering these free minute, uh, 10 minute sessions with talent. Um, and I've, I've opened it up around the world. Like anybody can sign up for a session if you're able to get one. Um, they're kind of, they go very quickly. So uh, I don't often say, you know, we're sticking to a time when we open up the available spots. I open them up throughout the day to allow people from California or Europe to be able to, um, to sign up. But yeah, I've met with people from LA to New York, um, Florida to uh, Tulsa, um, Texas. I've met people in Brazil, um, Trinidad, Ireland. Um, and, and for the most part, it's, it's so wild because um, having the ability to talk to other humans, but in our community, it's, uh, it's made me feel as if I have a new purpose. So I've, I've definitely reframed my oh my God, the world is coming to an end, feeling into, I've reframed that, uh, that, that, I guess, narrative, and I've changed that to, what can I do to give back to someone else? Because I wouldn't be in this industry or I wouldn't be in business if it wasn't for actors. So that's why I'm just happy to give my time to you guys. Yeah, so yeah. again, that's, that's how, that, that's why, you know, to, I, I always stress, and I, and I mentioned it before, to, do what you love. Make make a living out of. Try your best to make a living out of doing what you love, so that there is there is kind of like this blurred line between personal and professional life, and of course there needs to be a separate personal life. For me, you know, if I go upstairs with a wife and kid, I might discuss. Man, I was I had such a I had such a great podcast with Katie, and then with with, with another person afterward. I, I had such a great podcast, or the show's really coming together, and she might say, "Oh yeah." So, and she's a teacher, so she might tell me a little bit about her work. But she loves what she does, and I love what I do. So, it's not a drag. Maybe if I was a cop, and I, I remember my dad was a cop, and he did not want to talk about his job when he got home. He he really didn't because. He just, I don't, I think he got into that for whatever reason. And he just, but he didn't truly love what he was doing at the time. And eventually, you know, he got into um, other career paths and stuff like that, that he was more excited to talk about. But mm. it, it, it's doing what you love. It, it helps the, the personal life because then you have a quality of life. It, you don't have to make a billion dollars doing something you hate. You can make, you can make 75K a year doing something you absolutely love. People see it, people enjoy it, um, and you can come home and brag about it, and you can share it with the family, and it just you, uh, it, it just it, it just reinstills a high quality of life. At the end of the day, that is another million dollars a year. It's just a, it's just a great quality of life, and that's great. Yeah. So you, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, my husband, he's on the third floor. I'm in my office on the first floor and uh, we turn, each of us turns on, on uh, sound machines that maybe a doctor's office may have. Mm -hmm. So it drowns out. It's like a white noise machine mm -hmm. and it drowns out any noise uh, he's making. And then mine drowns out any noise I'm making. And um, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, we come together in on the second floor. Uh, where the kitchen and living room is and you know how was your day sometimes we want to talk about it other times we don't um, he he sells cloud-based services he sells technology so right now his uh, industry he's doing like he's he's having a great time with work Through the roof. yeah and I'm you know 
while yes, I'm still working, I'm not, I don't have as many projects as I had, you know, pre COVID-19. Um, I, I'm still working though, uh, which I, like, like I said before, I'm very uh, grateful to have this job, but that's why I'm happy to offer at least three or four hours of my day in the afternoons to talent. Um, but yeah, when I do come off of my last appointment, I'm still amped up. I'm still like on, you know, as you probably know from your podcast, you're like in a mode, still performance mode or, you know, whatever that elevated personality is. And it's like, Hey, and so it takes a bit for me to kind of like tune it down or, you know, so what we will do is just like take a few minutes before we um, connect together in the, yeah. in the kitchen or the living room. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I guess I'll move, I guess I'll move on to my next point, which is, has there been a movie, a film, maybe a series that you binged watched or a book or a series of books that you've read that kind of uh, reinvigorated your positivity, reinvigorated your pr productivity uh, during the shut-in? Well, um, and I'm not sure if anybody mentioned this before, but for me, obviously, it was Tiger King on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a cultural phenomenon that yeah. somehow it's kind of brought America together during this crazy pandemic that we're mm -hmm. experiencing. Mm -hmm. um, it's a smash hit. It's yeah. a smash hit with the subject matter, the characters they found. Um, it just, it's so, it's amazing. And so when I take off the casting hat and I put on the producer hat, the producers and the directors, I give them so much credit because they were able to gain the trust of these characters and somehow they were able to continue rolling through the insanity. Right. I loved it. I loved it. It reminded me of my old reality days. Mm -hmm. I just loved it. Um, but from a casting perspective, I think they hit the jackpot. You can't invent characters like these people. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to the biopic and like who the cast will oh, be. Wow. Okay, yeah. yeah. So are, they're already kicking off the biopic, huh? I there there have been some uh, some grumblings or rumblings yeah. of uh, of who's going to be uh, you know directing and producing, but I already have a, a cast list. I'm ready to go if anybody wants to hire me. Um, let me see if I can guess for the Tiger King for the main guy James Franco. Uh, no, okay. but I like it. Interesting <laughs> choice. Um, my vote for Joe Exotic would be either Rob Lowe, David Spade, or Damian Lewis. Damian Lewis, love, based I, on looks, David Spain, Spade, also based on looks, but he has such an enthusiasm about it. And then, of course, Rob Lowe. There's like a meme going around of him where he like straight up looks like Joe Exotic. Yeah. You know, Rob Lowe, see, for me right now, Rob Lowe and Damian Lewis, they're they're, they have plenty of stuff going on. I would love to see David Spade have this smash cult hit and be back on the A-list. He has a couple yeah. of show, He has a couple of really funny shows. I think he has a show on Comedy Central. It's kind of like a late night. He does. And it's hilarious. He's so funny. But I want. The, I, I think the choice for David Spade would be so great. It could be like his. It could be that this that could be his Tarantino comeback. Like sure. I love I love seeing actors that I watched all the time as a kid. His SNL days is when I was watching SNL as a kid. His movies with uh, Chris Farley were like the movies I was I was seeing in the theater. So I was a huge fan of David Spade. I would love to see him just come out with this smash, you know, indie raw kind of hangover crazy comedy. That would be awesome. Yeah, David Spade, great choice, great choice. Yeah. And then for Carol Baskin, um, Wendy McLennan Covey. Do you know her? She's from, um, she's a blonde, she's a comedic actress from, uh, oh, it's this show that's supposed to be shot in Philadelphia, um, The Goldbergs. The, she's oh, the mom from the Goldbergs. She was also on Reno 911. Yes, she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah her yeah. name's Wendy McClendon Covey. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, yeah. It's, funny, it's funny you mention her because I just saw Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween <laughs> and she was the mom in that. She, would, yes. she, she, she could nail that role as that lady. Yeah. I've, I've only seen the trailers of Tiger King, me and the wife. I don't, the wife is just not, I don't think ready to pull the trigger on it, but once we do, I'm sure she's going to love it. But she's, yeah. I think that's too crazy. I want to watch Joshua Jackson and Reese Witherspoon in little fires everywhere. And 
I want to watch Shit's Creek because it, I mean Shit's Creek and Little Fires Everywhere are fantastic. Shows. I mean, if you want to talk about Shit's Creek, that's a whole other podcast because Shit's yeah. Creek is my absolute favorite show of the year of the yeah. last two years. Yeah, talk about like lightning in a bottle. Yeah, that show itself is just there's I could talk about Shit's Creek endlessly. Did you see the series finale no, last week? No, okay. so we're in the middle. Of, we're in the middle of season five, but but Daniel Levy out of nowhere. Oh. I look. I looked at his. I looked at his resume, and you know he hosted a a Canadian MTV show. But obviously his dad's Eugene Levy, so he comes from you know brilliant brilliant royalty. Maybe not you know money royalty, but brilliance royalty. I mean, I've followed Eugene Levy since in the the Second City days and mm-hmm. Spl- and Splash. Waiting for Guffman. His, yeah, his best his, in show. His Christopher, sure. his Christopher Guest movies. Mm-hmm. His John Candy t- part uh, team ups, Armed and Dangerous, and there was another one, but I can't. Uh, well, John Candy was in Splash too. Um, but uh, you know, he goes way back, and for for Dan Levy to just pop up out of nowhere with amazing writing, mm-hmm. uh, from what I've seen so far five seasons in a row 13 episodes a season just funny funny kills it kills it and he's and he and he doesn't only write for you know rich for rich jewish characters or canadian characters but he writes for like the blue collar he writes all of this incredibly accurately Mm -hmm. and i think Catherine o'hara her delivery is just so spot on yeah she is just such she is she is a goddess she truly is she she and um eugene are improv royalty they're just the best the perfect couple i mean i know they're not married in real life but they've done it before with each other i believe they've played spouses before this is not their first time teaming up they have a few times best in show they play spouses yeah Mm -hmm. but she's i mean obviously she's royalty she's the mother she's the home alone mother she's the mother from yeah. home alone and yeah. and you know i kept thinking i kept saying you know i know her from this 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 and and my wife says wasn't she the mom on home alone <laughs> i'm like holy crap yeah. you're right the mom from home alone <laughs> i mean the 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 things that are on her but you don't hear her name there are actors like that i mean eugene levy if if anything eugene levy is the dad is the american pie dad mm-hmm and you don't hear their names in tabloids. You don't hear their names spoken like royalty on E or on, on um, Access Hollywood. You don't hear them mentioned. And that's just unique to me. I think they're both Canadian. Maybe, maybe, maybe stuff's just run differently up there. But. Yeah. The, actually, the majority of the cast is <clears throat> Canadian. I think there are only one or two actors who are not. Is Chris Elliott Canadian? He is, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So they're all just. Well, I know the. Sh- I know this show's shot in Canada, but yeah, it's shot in Ottawa. Yeah, but Chris Elliott's come down here and done a million things. I mean, we just let him come over whenever we want. I guess. <laughs> Whatever. But um, yeah, Shit's Creek and Tiger King. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Shit's Creek is the perfect ensemble, comedic ensemble show. It yeah. is lightning in a bottle. The the series finale. It, I definitely cried. I, I still can't believe that they're not continuing on with the series, but I understand they want to end on a high note. Who knows? Maybe they'll give us a movie. Um, but yeah, there, it's just, it's such, that show is so perfect. Well, I haven't seen anything like it in so long. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we're excited to like, we've been binge watching it. I think we started a couple of weeks ago and it's just been like maybe two, three episodes a night. So we're excited. We've heard nothing but hype. We haven't heard any spoilers, but nothing but hype about the about the series finale mm-hmm. of, of of Schitt's Creek. So we're excited for that. Yeah. But um, I guess on to my next point, what would you say your next agenda goal or goals, you know, plan or plans? I, I, I you, you kind of delve into your program, so obviously you can you can delve into that more if you want. But what would you say your next, you know, agenda is for the next? say two months? 
Um, honestly, it's I'm just planning to continue uh, offering these free 10 minute virtual sessions. I'll continue doing that until the quarantine is lifted. I most likely will be offering them at uh, more limited times so I can um, have more time to be creative myself and to work on my own personal projects in addition to projects that are coming through for clients. Um, but yeah, I'll also be creating more content for my social media accounts and I'd like to continue engaging with my followers. Um, it's something that I never had time to do when I was in the throes of casting. And now that I have um, available time, I'm actually really enjoying engaging with my followers, hearing, you know, what's working for them, what isn't, and then being able to uh, just be a resource for them. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you could, if you could give us, if you could give the viewers one point one bit of advice, one point, even one word uh, of advice, what would that be? It'll go back to own this time. Own this time. Yep. Yeah. Don't let the time own you. Own this time. Take advantage. Take it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. Take advantage of this time. Work on the stuff that you've been meaning to work on. Mm -hmm. write that great American novel, whatever, whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah. Well, awesome. I can't thank you enough, Katie, for, for joining me on my show. Uh, any links, socials, plugs uh, that you want to put out there? Sure. So I just launched, launched my website and that's uh, katiegriffincasting.com. So please check that out. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at Katie Griffin Casting. Uh, on Facebook, I'm Katie Griffin Casting. And on Twitter, I'm K Griffin Casting. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, links, links in the description below to, to all of Katie's links, uh, socials. Uh, you can find that in the description below. And for me, thanks for joining us again here on Zombie Squadcast. Like, share, subscribe, comment, thumbs up, thumbs down if you hated it. Uh, and ring that bell for notifications and check us out next time.